You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and you're listening to the Powercat Pregame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Following a 48-31 road victory at West Virginia, Kansas State returns home to close out the 2022 regular season with the annual Sunflower Showdown against in-state rival Kansas. The Wildcats can clinch a berth in the Dr. Pepper Big 12 Championship with a win against the Jayhawks. The game will be televised nationally on Fox with a 7 p.m. kickoff at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Welcome to the Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I'm Go Powercat publisher Tim Fitzgerald. The Wildcats have moved to the brink, to the very edge of earning a spot in the Big 12 championship. That can happen two ways this weekend, actually. If Baylor can knock off Texas on Friday, the Cats advance, no matter what happens against KU. If Texas wins that game, the Cats must beat the Jayhawks at the bill and that will ramp up the pressure on both teams because believe me as much as k-state wants to earn that bid to the big 12 championship game lance leipold and his kansas jayhawks would love to play spoiler in this game and for the first time in a long time kansas brings a team to bill snyder family stadium that is capable of exactly that the Jayhawks are six and five on the season, three and five in the Big 12, but they started off so fast this season, getting up to five and zero oh before the losses started to mount. A win over Oklahoma State got them their sixth win to make them bowl eligible. And if you're Kansas, you're thinking seven and five sounds a lot better than six and six, particularly when it means you have beaten your rival for the first time in many years. In fact, the Wildcats carry a 13-game winning streak into this edition of the Sunflower Showdown, and it is going to be a very interesting contest. Over the next hour, we will get deep into this matchup with the Jayhawks because Kansas State really needs this win, and Kansas is very capable of stealing their dreams. Up first will be Ryan Wallace, and of course, Wally is our football recruiting expert at GoPowerCat.com and helps out with team coverage. He's got some really interesting thoughts on this game and how these two teams pair up. Brian Hanley, the former Kansas State offensive lineman, awaits also on the other side of our break. And after a few interviews, Brian played for the Cats and those historic 97 and 98 teams as one of Michael Bishop's offensive linemen. Ryan, go 
Gilbert will join us at the end of the show to give us his thoughts on the gambling aspect of Big 12 football this weekend, the betting lines, the over-unders, anything he thinks is relevant that you need to know just in case you want to put a little money on the game now that it's legal in the state of Kansas. And I should probably stop based on what happened last weekend. And one more bit of news for you, and I think you'll like this. It's Black Friday at GoPowerCat.com. If you enjoy our podcast, our videos, and all the free content that we do put out, we also put out a whole nother layer. Our VIP premium content is the best of the best. It's behind the paywall, and you have to be a subscriber to GPC to enjoy it. But the good news for you is 24-7 Sports, our network, and part of the CBS family, Well, we're having our Black Friday sale right now. So head on over to GoPowerCat.com and get 75% off your first year of an annual subscription. That is the best deal we offer all year long. It runs through the weekend, but take care of it before kickoff because after the Cats win, you're going to be busy booking trips to Arlington and the Sugar Bowl. So get that all done right now. In fact, just hit the pause button. Just do it for me. Please subscribe to GoPowerCat.com. You help us add even more great layers to our coverage if enough K-Staters continue to subscribe. And we're growing like crazy, and a big reason is these podcasts are reaching so many people as are our videos. And I did mention the Sugar Bowl. Did I just sneak that in there without context? In case you haven't seen my daily delivery video on the Sugar Bowl, here's the scenario. If Kansas State and TCU do advance to the Big 12 title game, K-State is a virtual lock. I don't want to say 100%, but it's 99.9% sure the Cats will go to the Sugar Bowl. And how's that? Well, the champion of the Big 12 automatically qualifies to play the best team available from the SEC. Typically, their champion is in the college football playoff. And this year, if that champion is TCU, if the Frogs do end up unbeaten and beat Kansas State, the Frogs play Iowa State on Saturday, they will advance to the college football playoff as an unbeaten team and a real contender to win a national title. But if Kansas State knocks off the Frogs, they would be Big 12 champions and go to the Sugar Bowl. But if Kansas State loses the Big 12 title game to TCU, the Sugar Bowl is contractually obligated to take the highest ranked Big 12 team available if the champion is in the playoff. And that would be, according to the college football playoff rankings, Kansas State. The opponent in the Sugar Bowl is still unknown, but it will be one of these historic brands out of the SEC. It could be LSU for the second straight year in a bowl game. Of course, Kansas State hammered a depleted bunch of Tigers last year in the Texas Bowl, and I bet the guys that return would love to get another crack at Kansas State. But don't write off Tennessee or even Alabama, which probably will also be depleted by NFL draft departures prior to the game, but still, those are pretty weighty names from the history of college football for the Kansas State Wildcats to get to line up against. That is down the road, though. Step one is winning this game with the Kansas Jayhawks. Can the Wildcats do it? And it's probably time to bring in our Ryan Wallace to discuss all of that. But first, this little bit of information. At Robbins Motor Company, they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships, selling quality cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. 
And now we bring in our own Ryan Wallace to talk about the Wildcats and Jayhawks at Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Saturday night. What a way to end the regular season for both programs. Let's start there. Wally, do you like having this rivalry game as the last game of the year, or does it add too many distractions, other ingredients to this game that uh, might have unintended consequences, as in KU is now motivated to steal something from K-State? Yeah, I mean, sure, there's there's maybe greater risk playing it at the end of the year. Um, but to me, that's what rivalry games are about. And I, I really embraced the fact that Chris Kleiman came out this week and said, yeah, we, we should play this game at the end of the year. It just it, it's something to look forward to. Um, and it's something, again, that no matter what the record is of a KU or K-State, you always kind of have that one game that you know is at the end that you, you can really just put all your marbles in for. And, you know, we've seen it work out in the past when, you know, Bedlam has been, you know, at the end of the regular season. Um, and and I just think it it does add something. It, it does. It, it, it's good, I think, for both programs. And I think it's good for college football, too. I think, you know, when you get to uh, early in the year, everybody's just excited to play football. Then middle of the year, everybody's just excited to play conference football. And then by the end of the year, you kind of get to a point where, you know, either your team's in it or they're not. And so it seems like the attention span for teams that are kind of out of it go down. But again, if, if you're packing a lot of rivalry games there at the end, you know, it's giving, you know, an, an Iowa State or, or, you know, in past cases, not this year, a KU fan base, you know, it prom- promotes more attention for that them to stick around for that last game this season. I'm all for it. Okay. That's, that's an interesting take. And of course we know that Kansas started the season with five straight wins and have only won one of their last six, but that was over Oklahoma state got them bowl eligible. So they're coming off back-to-back losses now to Texas Tech, and then Texas just ran them off the field last week in Lawrence. And what was interesting about that, Jalen Daniels came back from his shoulder injury. We expected him maybe to pick up where he left off. He was not just a spark for the offense, but seemed to be motivation for the entire team. They seemed to connect everything together that Kansas was attempting to do, and that didn't happen against Texas. He looked... uh, very cautious in that game. A guy that didn't want to get injured again. Uh, maybe Texas did some things that confused him after not being in live action for a while. But he is a very dangerous quarterback. We did see at the start of the year what he can do for this team. And honestly, out of all the players in this game, Will Howard, Deuce Vaughn, Felix Sanyu, DK Uzama, all those players for K-State, Jalen Daniels for me is the X factor in this game. Yeah, I mean, first off, getting to Daniels and his performance last week, again, I'm not privy to just how healthy he's been, but it seems like for a couple weeks now, there have been some thought that maybe he could give it a go. If he was, again, pure speculation, if he was capable of playing two weeks ago in Lubbock, to me, that's when you put him in. I think it was a better matchup for, for him, a better matchup for, you know, that offense going against the Texas tech defense to again, try and get some momentum and then come back home against Texas and really fine tune some things with, with Daniels kind of 
being maybe a little rusty or whatever, instead of throwing him to the dogs against a, a Texas team that was, you know, super hungry to get some revenge after losing to KU the year before. Uh, and again, as K state saw a, a very active, big, uh, make aggressive uh, defense and offense. So, I mean, I don't know. They kind of put him in, in a tough situation to perform well. But I, I agree with you overall in the assessment of Daniels. He has been the difference for this offense. I think Jason Bean's a very capable guy too, the, the backup quarterback. But we even saw Fitz the last time KU was in Manhattan two years ago in you know a, a game that K-State ran away with it. Jalen Daniels still had some plays in that yeah. game where you were going, okay, this kid might have a little moxie to him. And now we've seen it come full circle. Um, the difference really in KU season was when he went down. And I agree with you. He does as much for the offense as he does the defense, not just in the sense of, well, yeah, the offense is going to score more points. It takes pressure off the defense. But, you know, like we saw with TCU and Max Duggan, this team just rallies around him. And when he's not on the field, it not only messes up their game plan, but I think it really messes up their just overall IQ and their, their confidence. We didn't see it so much last week with the Wildcats at West Virginia, but I kind of feel like Will Howard has done the same thing. He makes the defense better because the offense seems to have a better rhythm to it. Maybe they possess the ball or they simply, these quarterbacks give the defense the comfort in knowing that they can take some chances because their guy can score when they need to score. And Jalen Daniels has done that. That's really what he does better than Jason Bean. Because you look at the stats and they're shockingly similar. Maybe Daniels shows up as the more effective runner. And if he's going to be cautious with that shoulder and not run the ball, which he didn't do much of last week, that kind of takes that off the table. He can run that that option, the true option that they line up and run better than Jason Bean. Bean's probably faster, but their completion percentages are really similar. I, I mean, they're 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 passing stats are just almost identical except Bean might be throwing more interceptions per attempt so uh, I feel like if Jalen Daniels comes out can run the ball effectively can settle in and maybe make a big play or two uh, my fear is Kansas is going to revert to the first five games of the season and that confidence they had because they have so much confidence in this quarterback it just feeds off of everything it's it's honestly it's fun to watch well, and I think the other thing that we need to be giving KU some credit for this season is we're finally seeing something that we all kind of assumed and maybe the K-State fan base feared, which is Lance Leipold has a put a pretty damn good staff together. Yep. Um, this is a good group of coaches. Um, not only are they developing the players better, coaching them better, uh, and they've now had you know a full season to do it. Last year, you know, they came in late. I think they were still trying to figure out what players do certain things well and what can we run in the big 12 and what can't we, I mean, last year was a lot of trial and error. And this year, uh, this coaching staff's really good, particularly the offensive coordinator, Andy Kolonicki, uh, his creativity in maximizing, you know, where I can get my hats against less hats on the defense is really fun to watch. And they'll do some, I want to say exotic stuff out of a very non-exotic offense. Um, just the way that they, he can align stuff is really good. And again, I think, again, it demands the, the way that they don't have a lot of skill players. It sounds a lot like K-State's, you know, of offenses of the past. You kind of got to maximize 
in your scheming. And it demands a lot from the quarterback because there's a lot of, uh, of, of creativity that goes into it. And so you need a quarterback that is comfortable outside the pocket. You're right. Jason Bean is actually faster north to south. Jason Bean can go. But he wants to be more of a pocket passer. He wants to. Uh, he's not as comfortable, you know, and, and agile and, and mobile out of the pocket um, as a Jalen Daniels. And so Daniels allows this coaching staff an ability to do some different packages and things that can catch a defense off guard. Um, and, and again, because of that ability, where a defense has to stay honest when Jalen Daniels on the field. And so when he hasn't been on the field, I think it. It limits the creativity that that Kodelnicki can can draw up and design, and it makes uh, defenses. Uh, you know, again, they can just kind of load the box, or they can drop everybody back, and uh, that's not what KU's built on. KU has been built on so far this season, running it effectively, and then catching you off guard with big throws. Fitz, if you look at statistics here. Only TCU has scored more touchdowns than the Kansas Jayhawks on offense this season. And they're the number one team in the big 12 in average per play, both in they lead in rushing average per, per rush and, and per reception. It's kind of like, it reminds me a little bit of like the, the military teams, like an army. They don't pass it a lot, but they're damn good when they do, they're going to catch you for big plays when they do again, it's, it's all about scheme. And I think it's all about having the right quarterback under center. And that's why we've seen such a drastic difference when Jalen Daniels has been on the field when versus when he hasn't, when they get into a shootout, which they did quite a bit earlier in the season. I mean, they, they beat West Virginia, 55, 42, Houston, 48, 30, Duke, 35, 27, Iowa state sucked them into the low scoring thing. And they do to everyone. They even, Lost to TCU 38-31. That was a really good game. Lost to Oklahoma 52-42. I mean, they just put up silly numbers sometimes on offense. What they do extremely well, aside from rushing the ball with Devin Neal and and their quarterbacks, is they spread around the ball to a bunch of guys that can catch, catch the ball. This is an amazing stat. Kansas has 184 receptions as a team this season. 16 different guys have caught passes. Their leading receiver is Luke Grimm. He has only caught 39 passes. He's caught fewer than 20% of the team's passes. That's how much they toss it around to different guys. Mason Fairchild, Jared Casey are a great tight end combo. Devin Neal is fifth in receptions. They start spraying the ball around the field. And here's the other thing that I've noticed about KU that is significant. These dudes go get the ball. These are really aggressive, good pass catchers. I'm not just saying receivers, all of them. They go compete for the ball, and they make some really hard catches, make their quarterbacks look good. Um, That scares me. With Kansas State's safety issues, and we can get into that now, that scares me that the back end of the defense, if the front end can't get enough pressure, is going to be really challenged. Well, you know, and just quickly touching on some of the receivers, as I mentioned, they're you look at their averages per catch and that's a little frightening because again, this staff has an ability with KU to maximize on what they have. Luke Grimm, 10.5 yards a catch. And then Quentin Skinner and Lawrence Arnold are both uh, over 17 yards per catch. Um, they're, they're really good route runners too. Fitz. I, I love that you talked about how aggressive they are at going and getting the ball, um, but they're really good route runners. I think pro football focus grades this uh, 
this offense as a purely from receiving in terms of how they run routes and how they catch the ball. Number two among all power five teams, they only have four drops on the season. Um, again, they, they maximize it. They're very effective and getting into the safeties and the injuries that K state's going to face this week. You know, I, I think it, it, the, the challenge for these safeties this week to me, and I say these safeties specifically a TJ Smith and a fr- true freshman like VJ Payne is with Jalen Daniels, you have to make the right read or he will make you pay. Uh, Again, there's going to be a lot of different formations and alignments and pre-snap stuff. They're going to run the option. They're going to have play action. They're going to have Jalen Daniels do wild 360 spins where you think he's going this way. And then he's got a guy over the top, the complete opposite direction. They'll do that. Um, This coaching staff's really good at it. So you've got to be, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's. There's got to be really good communication back there. In Morgantown, I felt like Josh Hayes, you could see the frustration on him. And I think part of it was just he's been so used to having a Kobe Savage or a Drake Cheatham or a sincere Mason beside him where they're experienced players, but they've also gone through practice, getting the bulk of the snaps together as a group where he knew where those guys were going to be. He assumed where, what those guys were going to do. TJ Smith and VJ Payne didn't always maybe get that. They didn't get all of the, all the things that he was assuming they would get. So there's got to be really good communication. And to me, Fitz, I think this is a big game for TJ Smith. I would assume that he'll start, you know, he's got the bulk of, of the experience. I want to say he's played in close to 30 games now at, at K state, but he's had a really rough year. And if I'm Joe Klanderman, this is a really good opportunity to see how he does with more snaps this season in, in a game where he's starting. And if not, roll the dice with VJ Payne because, you know, although he's a little green, he's going to make some mistakes. I think the athleticism and, and the size that he brings to that position, the ability to cover and come up and run support, um, you know, maybe it's time to, to see what he can do uh, and give him a little bit more of the share because it's just been a rough go with TJ Smith, with TJ Smith. It's a really tough game for him. Uh, again, from a game plan standpoint, K-State needs him to be big. They need him. Drake Cheatham and Josh Hayes have been good. Now you got to have somebody. I, I, last week we talked about it, Fitz. I felt okay, you know, with Sincere Mason coming in the way that he played. Now you lose Kobe Savage, and now you lose Sincere Mason. I'm feeling a little different. Yeah, it's it's a problem. I'll be curious to see if uh, Coach Kleiman and Joe Klanderman, his defensive coordinator who coaches the safeties, does an experiment maybe with a corner sliding to the nickel spot, do something sure. to, you know, shore up their depth where, you know, you don't have three positions, maybe two. I, I look at a dude like Julius Brands, and you can't move him from corner because he's maybe the best corner in the conference, but he's gotten so much more physical. I feel like he could slide inside to the nickel and, you know, be in run defense a little bit more than he's used to, but I don't see them doing that. They might go with one of the younger corners with that duty. But while we're speaking of uh, defense, let's flip it over 
over to KU's because this has been a disaster. We can talk about the Jalen Daniels injury being a reason why they collapsed, but really the defense is just a shell of itself. And at the start of the year, it wasn't very good. It did kind of lock down a little bit in the middle, but now they've lost their way. And I just think it is people got enough film on them. They saw enough uh, issues on that defense and they're exploiting it. But really run defenses has been pitiful. They gave up more than 400 yards of rushing yards to Texas last week. And look, we, we know that they're pretty good in the backfield with Bijan Robinson and other guys got after him. But the, the numbers they are giving up on the ground right now are shocking, but not as shocking as the fact they're not the worst run defense in the conference. That belongs to Oklahoma. Good job with uh, hiring a defensive coach. Uh, but right now, over the season, Kansas has given up 190 on the ground. I'm betting uh, if K-State gets rolling, it's going to be well over 250. This is is very intriguing to me because you got Will Howard who can throw it around, but really your best game plan here is to limit that and just turn around and hand it off to Deuce Vaughn and let him go. Yeah, I, I think that early on in the season, what we saw from opponents facing KU was, uh, I think, maybe being a little bit timid uh, at the line of scrimmage and attacking a largely inexperienced secondary. They've got some really good pieces in the secondary. They're just young. You know, Romello Dotson, um, O.J. Burroughs is really good, Kobe Bryant. Um, there's some guys in that back half that, again, I think are, are really capable guys and guys that create turnovers. Um, they're not always assignment sound. You're looking at uh, a defense that has 127 missed tackles on the season. Um, you know, some of that is the, the offenses that they've faced, you know, create that with playmakers, obviously a team like Texas. Some of it is just bad, you know, just not being assignment sound and, and having young guys. They've also given up more yards after the catch than even a West Virginia defense that we saw K-State take the top off of last week. Over 1,500 yards uh, after the catch allowed by this KU defense. But getting back to the secondary for KU, the Jayhawks, while they are inexperienced at corner and at safety, those are some of their better athletes, I think, on defense. And they can showed early in the year that they can create some turnovers. They're going to give up some plays, but that's where a lot of the turnovers were generated. And as we got into Big 12 play and you saw more of these teams kind of go with the up-tempo offenses, you saw that defensive line start to really wear down. And you've got a group of linebackers, too, that I don't think have – it, they've compounded things where the D line has made errors and the linebackers need to clean it up. They haven't. Um, and so it's the front seven, like you said, Fitz, that's just been gashed in the five losses this year. They're averaging uh, yard per rush allowed is 5.2. Whereas in their five wins, I'm not counting Tennessee tech. <laughs> they're 3.28 yards per rush. And again, it's, it's, I think folks have just decided, you know what, we're going to ground and pound this thing on KU. And for me, I've talked to some KU uh, insiders and I've asked them this week, is, is it more the, you know, is it linebackers? Is it interior D liners at DN? Both have said it's, it's the trenches has been the problem because they've got some guys that can effectively get to the pass rusher. Um, you know, they, they went out and attacked the portal. Lonnie Phelps from Miami of Ohio that starts at DN for them has proven himself to be a legitimate pass rushing threat in this conference, nine and a half tackles for loss, six sacks on the season. 
and Craig Young, the Ohio State transfer that they play kind of at an outside linebacker hybrid. He's got four and a half tackles for loss and three and a half sacks. They've got some guys that can get to the pass rusher, but fits the to me, they do not hold the edge in run support very well at all. And I think the interior of their D line, specifically, you look at, you know, Caleb Sampson, I think is a is a capable guy at D tackle, but you know, Sam Burt just isn't a guy right now. Good hustle, veteran guy. I think he's he's an Abilene guy, so a local player, good story. Not a guy that you can really depend on to stop the rush. Caleb Taylor, same way. And so I think this is a game that K-State K can come out with Colin Klein, uh, a physical runner when he wants to be, and Will Howard, and obviously Deuce Vaughn. And I, I would imagine K-State's going to say, we're going to run it down your throat until you prove that you can stop us. And I think the the interesting kind of subplot to all of that fits is that if it, if I am correct in the interior of this defense being a problem, the motivational factor for K state's offense in the inside, look no further than their hometown. <laughs> Cooper Beebe, Piper, Kansas, Hayden Gillum, Kansas, uh, and, and Hadley Panzer, another Kansas kid. So, there'll be a lot of motivation on the interior of this offensive line of Connor Riley's to just really run it up. Yep. This could get very interesting for K state. I'm just, I'm interested in the game plans. I, I can't wait for the game to start so I can see what K state wants to do on both sides of the ball. I think K state is the far better team right now. Um, I'm just getting back to our first topic. I'm glad this game is last because I wouldn't want to caught. Kansas with Jalen Daniels healthy and confident like Iowa State did but uh, I do think this is a game K-State wins what are your thoughts overall on this outcome of this contest yeah I I like K-State I think it'll be competitive maybe more so than we've seen in years past although there have been a couple in the last several years where KU's kind of kept it close before K-State's pushed on Um, I I think it'll be competitive I I, I still see I say competitive I still see K-State winning by, you know, 14 plus when it's all said and done, just because I think overall they're the more balanced team overall. They're a team that is driven to play in Arlington next week. And they know that everything rides on this. I think special teams, KU, we didn't even touch on that. I think they're a disaster in special teams compared to K state. Um, and, and again, I just go back to, you know, KU's better coached, uh, than they have been in years past, but, you know, when it comes to senior day, when it comes to, you know, this game being played and with so much on the line and I look at the rosters and I see KU having 24 players from the state of Kansas and K-State's going to run out 55 from the Sunflower State on Saturday and a bulk of those guys are going to play meaningful minutes. I, I it's I'm hard pressed to see K-State letting this one slip away. And, and the thing that I'll leave you with, uh, one last part here fits that I, again, I like K state is that I think KU is not a team that's built to come from behind. They're not, a, they, they want to get up on you early, seize momentum and hold it. And I went back and found this interesting stat when the Jayhawks have scored first this season, or they've led at halftime, they're undefeated in 2022, but under Lance Leipold, they're two and twelve when they've allowed us, uh, opponents to score first. They're one and twelve when trailing at halftime, and they are zero and thirteen when they are trailing after three quarters. If K State can come up, get out, you know, get on this team early from the jump, let the crowd get into it. 
I just don't think KU is built, although better than they have been in years past, they're not built to come from behind and take out a K-State team that, again, is, has their sights set on a championship date next week. That's why we have you on this show. That was quality <laughs> stuff, Wally. You're good on the holidays, man. You're, you're like, yeah, the, the thought of turkey apparently brings out the best in you. I don't know, man. Yeah, talk to me before I get the turkey into me because afterwards it'd be a little sloppy. That's Ryan Wallace, our football recruiting expert. Make sure you follow along at Go Powercat. Most of his stuff is behind the paywall. And, of course, as I said at the top of the show, we have a 75% offer off offer going right now. So please think about yourself this holiday season and buy yourself a little gopowercat.com. Wally, thank you very much. I suspect we'll have to do this again next week. Uh, and if so, that will be kind of fun. Sure hope so. That's it for Ryan Wallace. And as we head into the break, let's hear from Coach Chris Kleiman. I mentioned the safeties at the top of the show. And now let's hear from Chris Kleiman. I asked him on Tuesday about Sincere Mason. But here is his, some of his opening comments and my opening questions to Coach Kleiman. And after the break, we will have our player interviews and something a little extra this week to get you ready for the Sunflower Showdown. And now take it away, Coach Cly. And at the end, he discusses the loss of not just Kobe Savage two games ago, but fellow safety Sincere Mason last week at West Virginia. K-State will play this game and the rest of this season without two of their top four safeties. Here's Chris Kleiman. Please, anytime you can go on the road and get a win, especially in Morgantown, it's a really tough place to play. It's a tough environment, and, and our guys were able to handle business. And uh, now we're back this week. Got a really good uh, KU team coming in here. I've got a lot of respect for Coach Leipold. Uh, does a great job, and, and they're playing really well. Uh, I know they've been beaten the last couple of weeks, but uh, they're a good football team, and, and uh, it's the last game of the season. And I think that's probably a good thing. I don't know where that's going or how that's determined, but uh, the fact that uh, I think rivalry games should be played later in a season, whether it's week 11, week 12, uh, I think is great for, for both teams, uh, no matter what the record is. I think there's a there's a lot at stake um, when you have your, your rivalry game at the end. Uh, so that's what makes this one really unique. Um, and, and without question, when you watch them on film, you see a team that plays faster, plays more confident, is making plays on both sides of the ball and is a good team. What is this edition of Kansas football doing that's being more successful than the previous one? I think the biggest thing is believing. You know, I I don't know their uh, their roster, um, but they're playing hard and they're believing, and uh, they do have talented players w without question. Uh, but they're playing inspired. Um, them getting to a bowl game, I I know is huge. Uh, for for the program, and uh, I know that this is kind of the uh, potential cherry on top for them uh, with this game uh, because they're already bowl eligible, so they really don't have anything to lose. And uh, I, I know this that they're playing hard for each other, and they're playing hard for for their coaching staff, and uh, um, it's going to be a big challenge. Daniels struggled on Saturday against Texas, but we saw earlier in the year how dynamic he can be and how he seems to improve the entire team. What kind of problems does he present? 
Well, he <laughs> causes a lot of problems because he can throw it exceptionally well. He uh, he can run it. He extends plays, does um, a little bit of everything. And uh, you're right, he makes everybody around him better. I- I'd say the same thing about Bean. I-, I really would. I think he extends plays and he runs around. And um, both quarterbacks have had really good success throughout this season. And um, uh, assume we're going to see both or both will be available. And, and I don't know how much the offense changes. But uh, something we're diving into right now to see if it does. But uh, they're both really dynamic players uh, that throw it well, run it well, and uh, they're an explosive offense. And and you can see that. And uh, um, we have to have our eyes right because of a lot of misdirection and a lot of motions and and, uh, kind of eye candy that they try to pull your eyes away. Finally, Sincere Mason seemed to provide a, a bad update yesterday on social media. What's his status and what's this due to the safety position? Hey, well, do you want to play Fitz? No, no. Okay. Well, no, we don't want that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Sincere's out for the year as well. Um, tough, tough blow and uh, feel awful for him. And so uh, it uh, makes us pretty thin back there for sure. And you lose uh, Kobe and then you lose Sincere. Um, but it's late uh, late November football and that happens. And we've got to get the next guy ready to go. Uh, there's a lot of guys that uh, are going to work in that position. And uh, we'll kind of work through that this week and see what the best option is for us. This is Kansas State's Felix and Yudike Uzama. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I'm Go PowerCat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, and this is your preview of Kansas State and Kansas. The 12th ranked Wildcats, according to the football playoff rankings, are playing host to the Jayhawks Saturday night. Bill Snyder Family Stadium here in Manhattan, Kansas. 7 p.m. kickoff on Fox. It's going to be a big game on a big platform for both of these programs. And we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company, the dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Let's get into our interview segments, and I did mean plural there. This will be the first interview we have for the day. It's a short one, but it's with two guys that have stood up and made their presence known over the last few weeks. 
We're going to start off with tight end Ben Sennett, who has erupted into Will Howard's weapon of choice. He has been fantastic for the Wildcats. A little Travis Kelsey thing going on there with him and his quarterback. It's pretty fun to watch. And then right on the heels of that, we'll have some questions and answers for Brendan Mott. These are two kids from Iowa who came to K-State without much recognition and now are star players. Mott, starting at defensive end for the Wildcats this season, he had three. Three sacks last week at West Virginia in a performance that turned a lot of heads and earned him Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. Here we go with the player interviews, Ben Sennett and Brendan Mott. I just think I've just been gotten more opportunities. I think me and Will just have such a good chemistry, such a good chemistry together, and he just takes what the defense has given him, and I guess defense has opened me up a little bit, so I think that's what it is. What, what do you cause defenses to do to kind of compensate for what you're doing now? How are they adjusting to try to take you away? Um, I haven't really noticed much. I mean, we just have so many weapons. Um, it's hard to take uh, just me away because it opens up everyone, everything else. So I think I'm honestly – probably the least of our worries with our with how talented our offense is how important is your confidence right now you're attacking the ball you're mm-hmm. i mean anything that hits you in the hands basically you're catching um it's really important um especially when the opportunity comes just to go up have the confidence to go up and get it um and just being confident in everyone around me to help me out and especially will what do you surprise ben senate sometimes uh, I would say, yeah, a little bit, um, <laughs> definitely. But, I mean, it's awesome. I'm, I just try to make those plays every day, so it works out in the game. What are the emotions going through your head this week? I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm just going at it just like every other week, just attack it. Um, just another game for us. Uh, obviously, it's it means a lot more, especially with the KU rivalry and the things with it. But, um, yeah, just attacking it like every other week. Just try to keep the same mindset. On your touchdown on Saturday, it looked like you started to run a post route, and then when you saw Will start to do the quarterback scramble, he just had him and a linebacker to beat. Were you surprised that he threw you the ball? Um, maybe a little bit. I did see it. he had a lot of running room, but um, like I said, like we just have that trust in each other. So I'm glad he uh, threw it to me. <laughs> have you seen any any difference in the way teams block you with uh, having a little more on film now? Uh. I mean, not too much. It always helps having a guy on the other side like Felix, um, knowing that they have to help maybe chip him or or uh, bring the guard over to his side. So I'd say that's helped with my success, having having a ball player like Felix over there. What do you attribute to your success in the West Virginia game? Um, just n- nothing really changed um, practice-wise, just doing the same thing, film, um, extra work on the on the on the sled and everything like that just I guess the opportunity was there and and uh, I, I made some plays uh, if you were defense coordinator would you double team Brendan Mott and leave Felix man to man I don't think it's smart for anyone to leave Felix uh, one-on-one so uh, no I wouldn't <laughs> on one of your sacks it looked like you were kind of double teamed and they left Felix single block you got chipped and yeah. then Felix brushed him upfield and you got the sack was there any uh, any banter between you two on that on that one uh the, yeah there was a little banter on that one and then the other one where Eli almost had a sack and then he got hit from behind by Duke I think it was so uh there's always a little a little fun little talk on the on the benches about who should have gotten what but so yeah okay Jalen Daniels is an incredibly mobile quarterback uh, what kind of 
problems does he present for the defensive front? Yeah, uh, he's a great quarterback, and uh, uh, they they have a very unique offense. A lot of a lot of shifts, a lot of a lot of stuff that that we need to be ready for. So we really need to key in on the details this week. Um, watch that extra film without having classes, and and be ready for them on Saturday. And now we bring in Brian Hanley. Oh, man. Brian, I appreciate you joining us. We just talked the other day about the win over West Virginia. Let's turn our attention to the Kansas Jayhawks. And boy, this Kansas team is much improved. My hat's off to Lance Leipold, who just signed an extension, which is pretty cool. It looks like he's going to pass up not just on the Nebraska job, which I suspected he wouldn't take, but the Wisconsin job, which I did suspect he would take. And he's going to stay at Kansas. Let's start there. That's really good for this football rivalry because this dude has a little bit of Bill Snyder in him. I don't want to compare him too much to coach, but he seems to get his team ready for games. They're schematically and uh, fundamentally much better, but the thing he's done that I've noticed, and Coach Kleiman mentioned it in his opening comments at Tuesday's press conference, they just believe they're better, and that's a hard corner to turn when rebuilding a program, but by golly, Lance Leipold has them believing they can win every game, including this one, as they come in at 6-5. and five. Man, you said it before I could say it, Fitz. It's just a little confidence. You win a game or two, and then the next thing you know, you're going downhill. Uh, I mean, you've, you've gone the other side of this confidence barrier, and that's all it takes when you're dealing with college. I shouldn't say it's all it takes, but that's a lot of it is just having the confidence and knowing, okay, you know what? We won a game. We can win another game. We can win another game. And they've got it going downhill. Now, they also have some decent players. That helps. And when you're dealing with a, a transfer portal and you're building teams, you know, kind of how you have to build them year to year now, it things can be different and he's a good football coach too so you know that helps when you got a good football coach and you're putting guys in positions to make plays a lot of things can change for your football team and it's changed for kansas so good for them I yeah get it. it really is it, it it's kind of fun to watch how he's doing it but jalen daniels has been a big part of this the defense still has some questions we'll get into that they've got some other weapons on offense they still don't quite have the offensive line they need to operate at a high level but when jalen daniels was healthy this season when he was on the field for ku they were five and oh then lo and behold like everyone else he gets injured against tcu they still play TCU close, but that started off the kind of tumble from, you know, greatness as they slid to uh, five out of the last six with losses, beating Oklahoma State. They got Jalen Daniels back last week against Texas. He was kind of a shell of the player we saw earlier this year. Brian, I just kind of suspect he is going to be 100% locked in on this game because of the opportunity that awaits his Jayhawks. Yeah. I think him and the entire football team are going to be ready to play against Kansas State. I just believe so. I think that they believe that they can knock us off, keep us out of the Big 12 title game, uh, get the rivalry going back again. And to be honest with you, Fitz, I want them to believe those things. I want this to be a good rivalry again. Now, do I want to kick their head in? Absolutely. But let's have it be a rivalry again where the games can be competitive and not, you know, half the people that are watching on TV turn it off at halftime because it's 45 to nothing, you know. So I think they'll be ready. I think they do. I think they've got some talented players. Jalen Daniels is really good, man. He is. 
Um, last week didn't really show up so much. This week, I believe it will. I think last week was kind of a, a get back, am I going to get hurt type of a game. Uh, and I think this week he's like, you know what? I didn't get hurt, so I can go out there, and he's going to let it all hang out, so we just got to be ready. Yep, absolutely. And speaking of making this game more tangible, more realistic, more competitive, it paid off already for this series. This series often relegated to streaming platforms or the least of the network channels, um, an ESPN 7 or FS3. <laughs> I just don't exist, but you know what I mean. Uh, all of a sudden, because, and honestly, because KU has turned the corner and played so much better this season, they've they've upped the ante here. And here we go. It's a night game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Fox, not Fox Sports Channel. Fox, the big guys, and uh, yeah. it's it, it's meaningful, and that's pretty damn cool for this series because K-State has a lot at stake in this game, trying to go to the Big 12 title game, while KU is trying to improve their bowl chances. Big stage. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Big stage. Guys will be fired up on both sides, um, and I think it's important for the state of Kansas. You know, just to have this game spotlight the state like this on national television. I, I really do. Uh, a lot of people look at it differently. I, I just think it's a it's a big game for the entire state. It's a big game for the Big 12, you know, because, again, it's another spotlight game that we can produce that maybe at the beginning of the season, people thought, oh, yeah, we can't really do much with this game at the end of the year, even though it's a rivalry. Well, now you can. So it's just, it helps everything. It helps Kansas, K-State, helps the state of Kansas, helps the Big 12. It's just a, a really good feeling uh, for everything involved when especially a big rivalry game like this is meaningful. Coming out of the break before we brought you in, we had a couple player interviews, and I want to ask you about these two dudes and what they've meant for the team, and we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. We talked about it a little bit on the post-game podcast we recorded, but tight end Ben Sennett is fun. And he has really impacted what K-State can do on offense. He opens up so much more. Um, and in an interesting part of my interview, he admitted that he hasn't seen any adjustment from defenses and how they're trying to cover him. At some point, they better figure out that he's kind of Will Howard's favorite target and try to take him away. But you and I love throwing to the tight end. Well, not us. Nobody wants us throwing the ball. You and I <laughs> love when teams throw to the tight end. K-State's back to doing it. And it is proving very effective, isn't it? And it's odd that teams haven't taken that away. But it's odd in a sense, but then it isn't. Because what do you want to do? Do you want to take away the tight end or do you want to take away Deuce Vaughn? Or do you want to take away, you know, the receivers on the outside, which we've been throwing the ball down the field? You can't take away everything. So if he's going to be of the part of the offense, I think that's the spot where teams are going to say, okay, well, we'll make you beat us by throwing to the tight end. Well, we're doing it. And we got to continue to do it, you know, because you can't take away everything. You just can't. And it's you're not able to do that in football. You got to pick your spots and what you're going to battle. And I think teams have just decided that we're going to let him beat us. And he's way too athletic for them to allow that. And good for us because they're just going to continue to let him hurt him down the middle of the field. And we're just going to continue to do it. Yeah, it is really fun to watch him and the connection he has with Will Howard, who continues to advance as now K-State's quarterback. The other guy I want to talk about is a guy that's cast in the chips that 
um, opposing offenses have to put on the table, and that is if you want to double-team Felix Anyudike Uzama, someone's going to be single-teamed, and that has been Brendan Mott. The guy that kind of was in the shadows of other players coming into the season took advantage of his opportunity to start early in the year. He's now taken over that starting role because he's been so good. And last week he had three sacks at West Virginia. Hell, we had a party. We took a whole week off at Kansas State to celebrate Felix's four-sack game. And Brendan Mott goes out there and gets three and it's like, nah, it's not good enough. But Brendan Mott has really made a huge difference, and he makes people pay. You, you, you want to f- focus on King Felix, which you probably should. Well, here's your price to pay. Uh, he's been a revelation for this defense, hasn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what you need. You knew that Felix was going to get all this attention and he still is dominating football games. At the same time, you got to have somebody on the other side that's going to make you pay. And Brendan has absolutely made teams pay. Um, And it's it's good because he hasn't even blossomed into his full body yet. I mean, he's not there. He doesn't have all his man strength yet. He doesn't even have his man body yet. He's still putting it together, his body per se, but he's put it together on the football field. The guy is playing really hard. He's technically sound, but he's he's an athlete out there. He's just going out there and making plays. It's good to see, man. Couldn't be more happy for him. So if you're Joe Klanderman, the defensive coordinator for Kansas State, they have Jalen Daniels back. He wasn't that good against Texas, but you know what he can do. He can run around. He can run that option. He can hand it off to Devin Neal. He can sit in the pocket and throw it to some really good receivers who just don't drop the ball. They're so consistent. He loves to throw to his tight ends, another golden star from us. Um, But would you line up and kind of sit back and – hope KU makes mistakes and take advantage of it? Or is this a game with Mott and Anudike Ozama and Huggins and Daniel Green and Khalid Duke where you say, screw it, we're attacking them with the full force of our pass rush defense and get after Jalen Daniels and maybe give up a big play in the process. Sit back, be conservative, or get a little loosey-goosey and go after that quarterback. The problem with sitting back is it's just what you said. KU will take what you give them, and the receivers aren't going to drop the football. So if they're going to take what you give them, they're going to take it, and they're going to consistently move down the field. That keeps our offense off the field. I don't like that approach. Got to be attacked. Got to be aggressive and attack them. Make them make the mistakes because if you don't, they're not going to make them. So you have to make them make the mistakes. Our defensive line is better than Kansas's offensive line. That, that's they are. So we have to get after them. Our front seven is going to be whatever better than what they can protect it. Attack the quarterback. He's just coming back. Like you said, he didn't play well last week. I believe he'll have a better game against us. I just believe that. Having said that, that doesn't mean that we can't get after him and make some things happen on our end. It's always better as a defense when you're the aggressor. You brought up a really good point, and it's honestly something we don't talk about much. We always talk about what the K-State offense does, if they can help the defense get rested and control the ball and control the clock and how that makes the defense better. But when the defense is not getting off the field, when they are giving up prolonged drive drives, we don't talk about it chilling out the own offense of Kansas State. Um, and right. Honestly, I 
that maybe was my biggest complaint about past K State defenses that were so passive, the bend that don't break. Your offense was just never in rhythm because of how you play defense. So I think that's a really good point that when this team plays at its highest level, the defense is pushing them off the field and the offense never loses rhythm. They're like click, click, touchdown, ball back, touchdown. It's it it it's a blast right. watch. We haven't seen that much well, for Kansas State. Right. Well, the thing about that is, is because it forces our offense to have to be perfect in everything that we do. And we know that nobody's going to be perfect, but it forces you to have to be perfect when you're constantly just being passive and passive and teams are going up and down the field. And then we have to hope that they make a mistake versus forcing them to make a mistake. I just don't think you can play college football that way anymore. I I would agree totally. Now let's take a look at how Kansas State's offense matches up with the KU defense. The KU defense had its moments this season, played some pretty good teams, nose-to-nose, got into some shootouts, but then seemed to improve as the season wore on and played a big role in KU getting off to that 5-0 start, but not now, brother. They're they're in big trouble. They're giving up run yardage, rush yardage like crazy. They're, They're just getting gashed right now and look I have sympathy for anyone who has problems with B. B. John Robinson because we saw it from K-State but they gave up more than 400 yards against Texas Uh, it was it was epic how bad it was and they also give up a lot of pass plays now everything's broken on the defensive side so if you're Colin Klein you have passing Will Howard back there and running Deuce Vaughn do you want to just hand it off to Deuce and try to uh kind of demoralize this KU defense or do you go after them through the air and try to get some big plays to demoralize them that way? You know, um, obviously, I mean, if you go over the top, I mean, it is what it is. I think gutting a defense by just running it down their throat is more demoralizing than when teams throw it over your head. I don't think it's less effective. Don't get me wrong. I'll throw it over your head all day long. But if you're really trying to demoralize a defense and just, you know, punch them in the gut when they're not expecting it, you just run it right down their throat. Or I shouldn't say when they're not expecting it is when they are expecting you to run it and you just run it right down their throat. And I believe that's the approach that we take is, you know, we just line up and we run it. And, you know, when we want to throw it, we'll throw it. But we're going to run this football and we are going to make you pay. And I believe, and again, it's another way to keep their offense off the field and keep our defense fresh is just run the football. I think that's the approach that we take. Now, again, I don't want to say that we're not going to throw the football because you can't go into a football game thinking that or or whatever. I just believe this is a week that we that Deuce can really, really get loose. I, I, I believe that. I would agree with that. Two years ago when these teams met at Bill Snyder Family Stadium it was the pandemic season. There weren't fans in the stands. Two freshman quarterbacks were playing in Will Howard and Jalen Daniels. Neither one of them uh, are what they are now. Uh, but they both showed glimpses of that. But really what we all remember about that game was Phillip Brooks having two touchdowns uh, on Phillip on punt returns, which it's almost impossible to do, but not on that day. The Les Miles special teams were complete trash. Special teams continue to be somewhat of an issue for Kansas, but nothing like that. What kind of role do you see special teams playing in this game? Because honestly, special teams this season for Kansas State, now that Ty Zintner has taken over the field goal duties, have been solid, but nothing game-changing as of late. They have kind of gotten away from the big returns. I kind of suspect we might see one in this game. 
Yeah, I do too. Um, It's been a while. You know, we're overdue for a return. Now, we've gotten good returns. We just haven't had returns for touchdowns, you know. And and there is something to be said for that. I mean, last week, I mean, our field position, gee, many Christmas. I mean, it seemed like we were starting at the 40-yard line, you know, every every time we got the football back. So, you know, having good returns – Obviously, is is a key. I just think that we're going to be able to break a punt return loose. I just believe it. It might even be a game changer, something early that happens, or a punt block. I just believe special teams is going to take a, a big part in this football game for the Kansas State side and just be be something that that kind of catapults us to a a big victory. Brian, I appreciate it very much. We will reconvene sometime over the weekend to talk about this game with the post-game review podcast. And then if K-State takes care of business, we got to do this again. I'm sorry. We got one more week. Add it on. Absolutely. You get the bonus game, but I don't think either one of us will mind talking about Kansas State and TCU in the Big 12 title game. No, not at all. I look forward to it. Thank you, Mr. Brian Hanley. Fantastic stuff as always. I look forward to talking to you after the game. And now we're going to do something completely different. We haven't done this all year. We're going to mash up a bunch of player interviews into one little topic here as we help you get ready for the Cats and Jayhawks on Saturday. And let's get started off with Deuce Vaughn and the topics here just range from the importance of this game, the importance of the rivalry, and of course, how good KU might be this season. Let's get it going with the man they call Deuce that cannot be tackled. How excited are you for the challenge of playing KU? Very excited. Uh, just for the fact that it's another opportunity to play uh, here at Bill Snyder Family Stadium again in a big-time game, big-time rivalry game against a, a really good Kansas team. Uh, and it's going to be challenging, and it's going to be one that uh, we're looking forward to just because of the, the impact and everything that kind of goes into this game with the Kansas kids that have been here and uh, what, what's riding on it as far as this community and everybody in it. Next up, his quarterback, Will Howard. These two started together as true freshmen during the pandemic season and went through their struggles. And now they're in the backfield again with a very good Kansas State football team. Let's hear from the quarterback himself on how Kansas has improved since he's arrived in Manhattan, Kansas, and what kind of threat they pose to the Cats. The last couple of years, it hasn't been as much of a competitive game as as it will be this year. Because you know, give credit to them, Coach Coach Leipold has has built a culture there. You can tell, and they they've bought in, and you know they're they're much improved from what they have been. And um, you know, I'm excited because it's going to be a challenge, and it's man, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. And I know K State Nation's going to going to come out in full support, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be electric. Here is senior Julius Brents, one of the guys that will be walking through senior day on his thoughts about this game. Obviously, you know, it's KU, rivalry game. We got a lot of guys on our team that are from the Lawrence area. And, um, they definitely got a chip on their shoulder for this game and throughout the whole season. But this game, it definitely does mean a lot of it. A little bit more, I would say, uh, just being a rivalry. And, uh, you know, if we're going to get our best shot from them, we're going to get them our best shot. Next up is a guy who is a senior for the second time, but he's not walking on senior day because he said last year was great. That's all he needed. He doesn't need to do it again. It is Cade Warner, the senior receiver that started his career at Nebraska and has flourished here at Kansas State. I'm super excited. This is a senior day, extra motivation. There's the last home game, obviously, with senior day. It's extra motivation. And there's KU Rivalry Week. There's so many things that can help you um, get motivated if you're not already motivated. But I know the guys in this team. I know the guys in the locker room. And we're going to treat every single day like it's our last and work as hard as we can. 
And finally, let's wrap up this interview segment with the linebacker from Lewisburg, Mr. Austin Moore. Here's the Kansas kid, really kind of odd, the only Kansas kid we got on Tuesday for our press conference, talking about this rivalry and what he thinks of when he thinks of the Sunflower Showdown. And then we'll follow that up with some other questions to Austin. And after that, Ryan Gilbert joins us for his weekly betting segment. Here's Austin Moore. Uh, it means a ton. Um, obviously a huge rivalry. Um, a lot of passion that goes into it. That's the word that I think of when I think of this rivalry, just passion between both fan bases and super excited for this one. Well, let's be honest here. They haven't been good in recent years. This is a good football team. Does that yeah. catch your attention even more? Yeah, it definitely does. Um, you know, obviously year in and year out, we're going to get their best shot. We know that. And uh, this year their best shot is really good. So um, definitely catches my attention. What does Jalen Daniels do that concerns you? Um, I think he's super elusive. He's great on his feet, obviously running the ball. And uh, he's got a really strong arm too. So he's just deadly in both facets of the game. And now we bring in. Ryan Gilbert to talk about the betting lines around the Big 12. A very interesting slate of games as we close out the regular season. Oh, man. I don't know what to think about these numbers. Some big lines in the Big 12 this weekend. But first of all, most importantly, Ryan Gilbert, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? How was your Pittsburgh experience? Did you enjoy uh, watching your Steelers play in person, uh, even though they lost? It was fun. Yeah. Too bad they they lost, but Pittsburgh was fun. My first time out there, and yeah, I had a fun time. You lost approximately $2.3 million on that game. 2.4. I'm sorry. But the government don't need to know about that. Okay. Okay. Well, your losses are fine. Let's start with uh, an interesting game. It's a Friday game. Texas is playing host to Baylor. The Longhorns are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. And if Texas loses, K-State will go to the Big 12 championship. They will have won all their tiebreakers, even if they would lose to KU. Knock on wood. I feel like Texas is going to cover this. I don't know what to do with Texas because they have such a a ceiling that I think exceeds everyone else in the Big 12. But then they can't have any consistency to go with it. They look so good against Kansas. What do you feel about this game? Baylor, the same thing could be said about Baylor, too, with consistency or lack thereof. That's been a team that's looked really good at times. And then, you know, laid a goose egg really on offense against Kansas State. So uh, you look at Texas – and obviously you mentioned it, they have to win to have a chance to play in the Big 12 title. So conventional wisdom would probably tell you to take Texas, but is it that easy? You know, Baylor, I'm sure as as heck, they would want to be the spoilers and and ruin any potential, you know, postseason chance for Texas. I agree. Texas is probably the better team. If, you know, coming into the year, you said Baylor was going to be underdogs by more than a touchdown to Texas in the last game of the year. I think everybody would take Baylor, but they haven't performed well this season. Obviously, they only have six wins, so they're you know playing for either a crappy bowl game or a, a, a less crappy bowl game. So, are those the, actual bowl games on ESPN this year? The, the crappy and bowl's the less coming crappy? out. I think. Okay, good. Now that KU's going bowling. Oh, I to. see what you did. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. oh, overall, you know, Texas is probably the better team, and to cover eight and a half points isn't too daunting. But yeah. I'm not. I don't love it. I don't either. I don't love it. Nine or more at home. I'll go Texas, but not feel great. Oklahoma State is an eight and a half point favorite over West Virginia. West Virginia has to leave home. They stink on the road. I know Oklahoma State's had issues, but I don't think West Virginia on the road's worth a damn. No. 
And this is Neil Brown's last game as a Mountaineer, yeah. right? So yeah. this is it. They're not going bowling. This will be it for his time in Morgantown. So they have nothing to lose. Again, this is kind of like Baylor, Texas. Like, is West Virginia just going to go through the motions because this game means nothing? Or, they can't get to hey, a bowl. Yep. I'm a senior. This is it. I'm going to go and play my hardest and see what happens. So, again, I, I like Oklahoma State. Of course, they're the better team. But, again, is eight and a half points too much? That's a lot. It's, it's up to you to decide. I don't love this one either side. You know, once you get later in the season, some of these games, it just doesn't – you don't know who's going to show up and who's not going to show up. Okay. A very intriguing line here for me. TCU at home is a 10-point favorite over Iowa State. Now, keep in mind, we'll get to this, of course, with our last pick. K-State is a 12-point favorite at home against Kansas – and I think Kansas is better than Iowa State. So I've, I'm intrigued by this, but I think what Vegas is telling us is TCU's not going to score at will. Iowa State's defense is going to suppress the overall score in this game. I like TCU to win this, but boy, if there's ever a, a time to bet on Iowa State, I don't think Iowa State wins this, but they might put a scare into the Frogs. Mm-hmm. I agree. And you look at TCU on the season, they've only had one win by more than 10 points, which was all the way back in the first conference game against Oklahoma. So they've only had double-digit games up more than 10 points in Big 12 conference play one time. And Iowa State, the way they play, that's going to be a low-scoring game, yeah. I would assume. I don't care what, you know, TCU's the better team. I don't think you can control the tempo that much against Iowa State. I mean, look at last week against Texas Tech, right? That was a a snooze fest, so to speak. So like you mentioned, can they keep it close? Absolutely. I don't think they're going to pull off the upset and spoil TCU's season, but you got to remember, even if TCU does lose this game, their playoff hopes are obviously gone, but they're still, their spot is guaranteed in the big 12 title game. And I know coaches, players, media always talk about, Hey, focus on the one game that's ahead of you. But quite literally TCU has, two games on their schedule, whereas nine teams out of 10 in college football only have one right now. Oklahoma and Tech with the lone kind of competitive spread. This game is in Lubbock. Oklahoma is a two-point favorite on the road. Oklahoma's playing better football uh, somewhat, you know, by <laughs> what they've been playing earlier. Tech's good at home. I kind of like the Red Raiders here, but I haven't decided. Your thoughts? Yeah. The same thing. Can right? I stay away? Yeah. At, at, this game's that's my analysis. That's good. Just stay away from this Premium one. Premium expert inset right there. Yeah, just I don't like either side. Stinky really. game. Stay away. Okay. I like Is actually, that good enough? That's good. That's fine. <laughs> that worked for me. And finally, the Sunflower Showdown. Oh God, I hate saying that. The battle for John Brown's rifle. K State, a twelve point favor over Kansas. Do the Wildcats win this game by thirteen or more on their home field to secure that place in the Big Twelve Championship against TCU? I don't know. You know, it's it's always fun to kind of come up with a line yourself before mm-hmm. it comes out. And mm-hmm. I thought this one would be like six or seven points in favor of Kansas State. I mean, it was at, what, 13 and a half or 13 to open. It's It's gone down a little bit. So that tells you where the public feels about this game. And I agree. I mean, K-State, do they win? Yes, absolutely, in my opinion. But a couple touchdowns, that's a lot. I understand why, because the over-under is so high. I mean, both defenses. Let's not forget that K-State's defense is is really beat up right now in yep. the secondary. Obviously, Kansas's defense, I don't think that's much of a threat. So I love the over here, but I think that kind of explains why the line is at, at double digits is because there's going to be a lot of points scored. Kansas State to win, absolutely, but to win by more than touchdown and a field goal, I, I don't see that happening. I mean, this is not the Kansas team of the last 
10, 15 years. It's just not. They They're kind of were last week. That's what I think did this spread. Yeah. I, yeah. They created this spread was that Jalen Daniels wasn't very good. The defense was atrocious. They gave up more than 400 yards rushing. I think Vegas is looking at this as mm-hmm. a day Deuce Vaughn's going to go to town. And if Jalen Daniels isn't any better, I, this will be a four-touchdown game. This won't be competitive, but I have a feeling Jalen Daniels is going to be okay. I yeah. think yeah. he's got the one game out of the way. He didn't get injured. He played cautiously. I think he's going to go for it. You look at the numbers, the stats, the metrics on on what teams have done throughout a season, you know, that dictates a lot of of the line, right? As well as, you know, where the the money has gone, where the bets have gone, but one thing you can't, you know, put on any sort of statistic is just the fact that this is a rivalry, right? I mean, KU is going to give K-State its best shot because they have a I they have a legitimate chance to win. They really do. I mean, I would not be shocked if if KU pulled off the upset. Would you? No, this is the one time They're I think there's quality a, team, a legitimate well chance of KU to win. Cause, and it's not because any of the players on the field. Lance Leipold knows how to coach and can prepare his team. Yep. And he might just have something sneaky good to work against K-State. I agree. So, I again, K-State can win this game, but I do not like the spread at all. And, of course, I'll have my actual pick. Uh, I'll do a prediction on my daily delivery on Friday as I run through all the Big 12. And then I'll actually have my score behind the paywall for our VIP subscribers and my five keys to victory. Ryan Gilbert, I will see you at the bill like everyone else. I will be there. You are going to show up, right? I'm just assuming you're going to show up for the game. Yeah, I guess. I was really wanting to stay home and listen to Brando on TV. Yeah, you know, it's some quality broadcasting right there. I just love him so much. We we might need you to work the sideline for Brando, you know, so they don't have to work with uh, telepathy and try to figure out what the injuries are because he just thinks it's that (laughs) way. (laughs) Thank you, Ryan Gilbert. Appreciate it. I hope I can follow your advice because last week was a colossal struggle for me on the betting front. Don't. Tell my wife. Everyone, this is a huge game, and I hope you can make it to Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I know a lot of students won't be around on campus, but hopefully they come back to town post-holiday so they can see this game for themselves. This is the biggest K-State KU game in many years. Maybe going back to 1995 when KU roared into town full of themselves and a top 10 program and got their butts whooped. Can Kansas State continue the dominance over Kansas? Lance Leipold has done wonders with this program in just two seasons, and now KU's as big a threat as they've been in a very long time, certainly since Mark Mangino left Lawrence. But I think K-State can and will handle this game against the Jayhawks, and here's the one key for you to focus upon during the course of the game. And honestly, it deals more with a KU key as much as being a K-State key. How effective will Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels be in this game? He was so good earlier in the year. He was a blast to watch, honestly. And then he came back from his shoulder injury last week against Texas and looked like a shell of himself. He seemed to be afraid of contact, afraid of running the ball, afraid of doing too much that might expose his shoulder to another injury. He cannot play that way. But it's up to the Kansas State defense to make it very clear that he will be contained as a runner 
and as a thrower. You've got to pressure Jalen Daniels while keeping him bottled up. Not an easy proposition for any defense, but it's been something Kansas State's been fairly effective at all season long. And a big reason why is not just the rush-ins coming off the corners, but middle linebacker Daniel Green is an ongoing presence in the heart of the K-State defense. Often asked to shadow quarterbacks just like Jalen Daniels. And remember last year, Daniel Green was so violent in his contact that he injured with perfectly clean hits the first two quarterbacks on the Kansas roster, forcing Jalen Daniels to come into the game. That actually turned out to be a good thing for Kansas because last year they found out that Daniels is the man, and now he has played some extremely effective football, whether he's running the option or throwing the ball downfield with his strong but sometimes inaccurate arm. Jalen Daniels is a really good quarterback. They got to keep him bottled up. At the end of the day, I think Kansas State wins this game and does cover the 12 points against the Jayhawks. But I tell you what, it won't be easy. This is not a walkover. K-State better come out as motivated and focused as the Wildcats typically are in this series. Having a bunch of Kansas kids on the roster, as Ryan Wallace said earlier in the show, is a big deal. This game means a lot to them. And Kansas State has more than double the number of players from Kansas that KU does. And guys like Echo Boydo, who are from Lawrence, this game means a lot to them. We'll see if K-State comes out with their typical motivation and the whole nation will be watching as this game, as mentioned earlier, is on Fox National, kicking at seven. And I am very excited to see what is in store in this game because if K-State wins, K-State goes to the Big 12 championship game next Saturday in Arlington, Texas. And TCU, win or lose this weekend against Iowa State, will be that opponent. And if Kansas State advances to the Big 12 championship, the Sugar Bowl is basically on the menu for this holiday season. That game is December 31st in New Orleans, of course, against the best available team from the SEC. I'm Tim Fitzgerald. We appreciate you listening so much. Remember, we are having a 75% off Black Friday sale right now at Go Power Cat. If you've enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoy our coverage, please support us as we can continue all of the great stuff we're able to provide K-Staters because of our subscribers. And also, we are sponsored by Robbins Motor Company, and we so appreciate them. Everyone there is such good people. I love getting our cars from there. K-State fans. Fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. It is the Cats and Jayhawks. 7 p.m. Bill Snyder Family Stadium right here in Manhattan, Kansas. You know where I'll be on Saturday night. I will see you at the Bill. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? 
You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount+.